Hey, what's going on? This episode right here is fire. This is the kind of episode where I literally, and I told her this after I finished, I would have paid you $10,000 for this consultation because the information you just gave me, gave our listeners, is going to make people so much money and people just are not this generous or as detailed with how they've done something. Okay, so let me cut to the chase. Today, I am back as a guest because she just blew us away the last time, and I know so many more of you wanted more details. I have Adi Arizini. Now, she's the co-founder of Teamy Blends, and you've seen Teamy Teas. You've seen just about every really well-known influencer talking about drinking Teamy Teas. I mean, people you know, like Cardi B, the Kardashians, Sean T, and just about every other person who has a following at some point, you've probably seen them using one of Timmy's products, whether it's one of their teas or one of their face products. This gal has built her business by leveraging the influence that other people have on social media. And that is so killer. Now, we know a lot of people do this, but I don't know very many CEOs who are willing to say, let me tell you exactly, step by step, word for word, how you do this, what to do, what not to do how to manage the whole process. This is golden. This is one you're going to want to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper. If you have anything you need to sell, whether it's a physical product or frankly, even a a digital product, you want to think creatively with this one. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about Adi. Before she started her company, she was serving in the Israeli army. (laughs) Is that so crazy? In fact, one of the reasons why we got to know each other is because she did Turbo Jam like back in the day and we just connected. She's a beast. And by that, I mean like a beautiful beast. She's super smart, crazy smart, hungry, intelligent, driven. She has so much integrity. She has so much heart. She has built a multi-million dollar lifestyle brand that's been featured in Inc. Magazine. It is something she started in her bedroom. Now they have a whole product line ranging from teas to tea-infused skincare. And everything is centered around an all-natural plant-based healthy ingredient approach to lifestyle, to being healthy, to help her customers live happier, healthier lives. All right, without further ado, get ready for your head to explode. Grab a pen and a piece of paper, a D. All right, girl, I'm so excited that you're back here with us today. Influencer marketing is all the buzz. And I've watched a million YouTube videos on this, and I haven't seen one friggin' person who's literally an authority, someone who's actually done it, except you. (laughs) And I really think the reason why is because, you know, that's something people kind of keep close to the breast. It's like it's a secret sauce. It's a way to be successful. And I just don't know that that many people are willing to share their answers. And I love that about your heart and your nature. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. I cannot wait to give you all the juicy details. (laughs) And believe me, after doing influencer marketing for almost seven years, I have a lot of them. Well, I think the biggest question a lot of people have is, what business do I have getting into influencer marketing when my business isn't that big? Nobody really knows about it. Don't I have to have something that's, I don't know, well-known? Or do I have to have some influence before I can reach out to an influencer? So today, I'd like to kind of take the angle of you know, answering the questions for that person who's like, okay, I've developed a product or a service, whatever it is, and I don't have a big social media following, but I'd like to leverage the influence that other people have established on Instagram. I just don't know where to start. So can we start first with the mentality? 
Sure. I mean, it's exactly what you said. When I started my business, Teamy, almost seven years ago, I didn't have a following myself. And even today, all the people that follow me on Instagram are Teamy customers. So I'm not like an influencer like you in the sense that I create content and people follow me because of who I am. People follow me because I'm the co-founder of this business. But I knew I was 23 years old. I was selling products from my bedroom that I lived at my mom's house. Who was going to take me seriously? Was Whole Foods going to take me seriously? Was any of these retailers going to take me seriously? And the answer was absolutely not. Hmm. So the mindset was there's people that other people trust. Mm-hmm. And I need to get them to trust me and my mm-hmm. products. So who you're selling is you're selling the influencer on your brand. And if you sell the influencer on your brand and they believe in it and they try it and they use it and they like it, the influencer can genuinely recommend that product mm-hmm. to others. And that is 100% how I built Teamy from the ground up. And it is still the core way that we get new customers profitably today. Adi, you said something right at the beginning of that explanation. You said, if I can get the influencer to trust me and then trust my product, is it in that order? Do they need to connect with you first? Absolutely. Whoever Mm. you are on your team and however you're communicating, whatever template that you put together is really important because influencer marketing today is so overly saturated. I mean, you probably know this yourself, but you get so many DMs from so many random companies that are like, hey, we have this athletic clothing brand. You should rep our product. Mm -hmm. And if you're not reaching out to them in a very personal way and in a very also professional way, you're not going to earn their trust and they're just not going to respond to you whether you have a brand that's already established or you're just starting out. A common tactic I've seen used a lot recently, and I'm just curious your thoughts on it, because maybe, I shouldn't say maybe, I guess it is working for the retailer. And here's what it looks like. I'll get a DM or I'll be on someone else's page who's got a very tiny following and there'll be a comment under the last post that says, hey, DM us, we love your stuff. We'd love for you to be an ambassador or influencer for us. The idea is then you reach out to that company, let's say it's a bikini line, and they say, well, here's a code, you'll get a massive discount on the bikinis, and then post photos in the apparel, the bikinis, whatever, and tag us, we'll post you up on our page with 100,000 followers, and what you're getting out of it is really, you think you're getting like a big discount and like maybe a shout out on a page with 100,000 people, but really what they're doing is they're selling you something. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. But you know, it seems like it's working. It's not something I've ever done in my business. Never done it. Have you seen a lot of it? Tons. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is affiliate marketing. It's affiliate marketing that basically they're sending out these. It's another form of bots. Mm -hmm. There's lots of different form of bots. It's another bot process that they're just trying to get people to email them, to message them. And a certain percentage of those people that they comment on will end up, you could say, falling for it or will end up doing it. And so if their metric is, hey, if we send a thousand comments to DM us and we get 10 people or a hundred people to purchase, maybe it's worth it for them ROI wise, right? To do that. 
and it's how they're building their business, but that's not influencer marketing and that's not building ambassadors. That's just affiliate marketing. Glad you've made that distinction. Yeah. So let's talk about the difference between affiliate marketing, influencers, ambassadors, because those three terms get used a lot. Yep. Let's start with ambassadors. So an ambassador and an influencer, they can be interchanged. They can mean the same thing. It really depends on the company. The company almost decides how they want to name their person. So we call them, at Teamy, we call them partners. So we use Teamy partner is the type of word that we use. Mm -hmm. And people can have customer ambassadors or they can have influencer ambassadors. So an ambassador is somebody that is speaking your good word to others. That might be a loyalty program and it might be an influencer program. So it's not something necessarily to clarify. It's more what you end up calling it for your community, for your people. Okay. Yeah, it totally makes sense. What is the difference between that and say an affiliate relationship? Affiliate relationships are usually uh, people that will share links Mm -hmm. that have to do with your website. You don't know if they are influential in their area. They might be putting your links on discount websites. They might be putting your links in the back end of other people's blogs. So usually affiliate programs don't have the same weight of influence unless they're a huge website, right? Like if WebMD was to send a link about our website, that would be huge because they're a trusted source. But usually affiliate marketing, they're sharing links on lots of pages, uh, whether trusted or not trusted. Mm -hmm. When you're working with influencers, you have to find the influencers that have a direct impact on their followers buying decisions. And you can actually tell which ones do and which ones don't in a very simple way that I can teach to you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's stay there for just a moment because I know a lot of folks who listen and myself included, I have quite a few affiliate relationships where rather than having that brand pay me for a post, I would rather prove to them that if I give my audience a discount and it's attached to my link, then I'm rewarding my audience by, you know, them, they benefit from the discount and the company doesn't have to pay me unless I'm moving product, right? So they're really, I'm kind of, I love affiliate marketing for myself personally because, and I can prove to a brand like, listen, you're going to actually pay me for my influence, not take a gamble on it. Right. But let's clarify something here because what you're doing is influencer marketing. It's not affiliate marketing. The reason that you think it's affiliate marketing Mm. is because we do that all day, every day. We have people that get commission and people mm. that get paid per post, but they're all influencers. You're I an influencer see. because you are promoting something on a platform where people listen to you. When I usual affiliate marketing that is traditional mm-hmm. is you log into some portal and you say, Hey, we're having a deal. It's 20% off this product. And then you're connecting with different websites or people to put these links on other websites. It usually doesn't have to do with a person like you. You are Mm -hmm. a person that is influencing Mm -hmm. buying decisions of others. And that's where the word influencer comes from. So the fact that you're doing that for other companies, you're you're an influencer for them. Mm -hmm. I guess I always resist that term. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't, but you know, there's those people who are like, oh my God, you guys, I am obsessed with everything. Because I'm selling you everything. You know what I mean? That's why you have to make sure that you're picking 
influencers that are authentic. Yeah. Okay. So I'm brand new. I've got this product, this program, this service, this widget that I want to get in the hands of other people, or maybe it's even a food product. Who knows? Whatever it is, I want to get it out to other people who have influence. But I'm so afraid that if I reach out to them, that they get so many messages that I'm going to be rejected. So step one, how do I deal with fear of rejection? Well, the first thing is that you need to not put so much weight if you think that influencer is somehow cooler than you because they have so many followers. Mm -hmm. You would be surprised at the accounts, the large accounts that I look up to that respond to my DMs. So I know they're real people and they love being in communication with you. And so you need to get off that idea that they are somehow so senior to you or so much better than you in any way, because influencers are looking for deals. Don't forget that. Don't You're not imposing on them by asking them to mm. wreck your product because that's how they are making their living. Girl, that right there, that's huge. That's really, really good because that makes me have a completely different mindset. They're waiting for someone to reach out. That's right. And they're waiting for people that match their beliefs. So if I have a product that is a natural green superfood powder and I'm going to speak to you know a wellness or holistic coach, they would love to rep my product because it mm -hmm. aligns with their beliefs. Now, if I went to them with a monster energy drink, that would be not smart because you're going to get rejected mm -hmm. because you don't align with their beliefs. But if your product aligns with the person that you are contacting, then you're golden. How do I find them? How do I know which influencers align with our beliefs and what it is we have to offer? Well, the first step, like you said, is how do you find the right influencer? Mm -hmm. And the first question you say is, would my customer follow this person? Okay. Would my ideal customer follow this person? Mm. So let's take an example of, hmm, let's say you're trying to sell this, your press journal yep. to a customer. Yep. Now, let's say you find a girl on Instagram and we're talking about micro-influencers here. A micro-influencer is anyone between, I would say, 8,000 followers to between 70 to 80,000 followers. Okay. The people in those ranges, I consider micro in the sense that we do not pay them per post. That's how I do it in my business. It doesn't mean that other people do it this way mm -hmm. in their businesses. This is how I defined it because those people, I feel like they need to prove to me that they can generate sales yeah. way before I can pay them. And right. then usually people above 100,000 is when I consider paying them without going the commission route first. Okay. And a micro-influencer is somebody that is usually sometimes even more trusted than a bigger influencer yeah. because they are super authentic. They're super niched down. Mm -hmm. They're super niche down and they have very real conversations with their followers. Mm -hmm. And so they usually have a smaller following, more niched, and they just are smaller than the bigger influencers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our sales comes from micro-influencers. You have no idea. Oof, I love it. We do not just rely on the paid promotion. We have a whole team that just does the micro-influencers because they're so important to also not lose all your money doing influencer marketing. You need something profitable. And the micro-influencers create profit for your company. Now, how do I reach out to them? Am I commenting under their latest post? So the way that we do it is we email and we DM. 
Okay. Those two things together. I, I want to contact a micro-influencer. I email them and then I DM them to, again, introduce myself and let them know that I emailed them. Are we doing this on the same day? Yes. You do it as one action. Okay. And is it my responsibility as a business owner to do a little research and figure out their email address or should I DM them and say, hey, can I get your email address? If it's not listed, most influencers have it listed, like going back to the fact that they want you to contact them. Okay. So they'll have it published. If it's not in their bio or under the contact button in their Instagram page, then you should DM them and say, hey, Samantha, I was looking for your email, but I couldn't find it on in your bio or on your Instagram account. My name is Adi and I sell push journals. And these are motivational journals to help you do blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I would love to send you one. Can you send me your email address? And then the person's like, send me one. Heck yes. So they'll give you your mm-hmm. email address and then you can go through all the different discussions and nitty gritty stuff via the email. Oh, I love this. Can I tell you just that one sentence you just gave me is something that I would respond to versus I typically will get one where they'll say, I want to schedule this, or I want to send you this. What is your mailing address? What is your email address? And I'm always like, gosh, why don't they just look on my website? Like this person isn't willing, like how serious are they if they haven't even gone to my website? So the fact that you even put in your reach out to them, I've looked on your bio. I've looked for the address and I can't find it, but I'd love to send you something. Like even that to me, I'm like, oh, I like that. That makes me like you more. That's very, the difference between doing it for real and using robots or using templates that aren't personalized at all. It's a huge difference because influencers are people and Mm -hmm. the way that people connect with people hasn't changed. And all the different LinkedIn messages that you get, they're all robot. They don't work. That's not real human connection. I assume that first reach out is a bit of a template. You're going to say a lot of the same things, but how important is it to customize that response or that reach out, that first contact? Good question. Now that's number two of my five-step list on micro-influencers. I want to answer number one really quickly before we go into number two, which is number one is find who does your customer follow on Instagram. So if I'm selling the push journal Mm -hmm. and I see somebody that is a micro-influencer and they have 50,000 followers, right? Mm -hmm. And the girl is a big makeup artist, okay? Now she's 50,000 followers. She's a micro-influencer and she is obsessed with makeup and oh my gosh, she has tons of comments and blah, blah, blah. You have to really think to yourself like, does this girl, does she use this type of product like a push journal? Mm -hmm. And is that why her followers are coming to her page? And you'll probably see that the answer is no. Mm. That girl is not using your push journal. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to really wholeheartedly, genuinely recommend that product. She might get it in the mail from you. You might have wasted your cost of goods by shipping mm-hmm. it to her, plus the shipping cost. And she's never really going to use it. And she might shout you out for it. It's just not worth it. Mm. So you need to identify if this person is going to use the product or not. Now, let's take the opposite example. Let's say you have a micro influencer. And she is a podcast host and she's super small. She has 20,000 followers and she is an aspiring podcast host. Mm-hmm. And she's all about hitting her goals. Mm-hmm. Would she use the push journal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she would. <laughs> right. More than maybe that makeup artist. 
And sometimes people can get lost in how many followers they have or how cool their content is. Look at this really cool makeup face that she did. That is a great if you were selling makeup to her. So for my business, for the Push Journal, I'm going to be looking at people who obviously have this influence, but the people aren't following them just for makeup or nutrition or whatever. These are people who also talk about structure and having a plan and goal setting And Mm -hmm. they're very organized. They write things down and they talk about systems. It's not just how big are their numbers. It's like, how well does this person fit? That's what we want to start with. Step number one, in terms of finding the right influencer. Correct. Now, this is a little tip. And by the way, this tip is seven years old and I still do it today. Once you find that person, and Mm -hmm. when we get to the bottom of this five, you'll see why this is important. You need to find, if they worked and you can see the numbers, you can actually see the numbers then you need to find more accounts like that person. And there's different softwares that can do that, that cost money. But if you don't Mm -hmm. have money to invest into those softwares right now, then in Instagram, there's this little blue button under the person's account Mm -hmm. that if you click it, it shows more accounts like that account. I call that internally at Teamy with our influencer marketing team, I call them origin accounts. An origin account is an account that slayed for Teamy, like, Holy moly, they brought in so many sales, whether they're a micro or a paid influencer. Okay. And I want more people just like that person. So when I click that button, I'm going to then open up a rabbit hole and I can take screenshots of all those people and I can outreach to all those people. Very important. Now, there are softwares that you can find influencers as well, and they also work and they work faster. But for many years, this was the most handy way, even though it's very manual to get more of that same person. Because if I wanted you as an influencer, if I click that little down arrow button, I see also who you follow Mm. in that little range. And and if I know that you're amazing, most likely more influencers like you will be amazing as well. That's a wonderful tip. Can you share with us the names of any of the software programs? Yeah. The one that we're currently using at Teamy is called Grin. And it's a great program. It's expensive. Okay. Not to start with. Yeah. Only people that you know have a business that's profitable and they might want to take on influencer marketing now because they're making good money. And Grin, it has a lot of amazing options, but we still use the down blue arrow and origin account method today. If I find an influencer that I really love, I'll send it to the team. And I say, guys, after, if she works, you know, use her. That's how we say, use her as an origin account. Mm. That's my, our own terminology that I've created. I love that. Your second tip was to create that template and to get mm-hmm. back to my question about how much of that template should be personalized and how do you personalize it? The personalization should be in the first two sentences. Okay. And the way that you personalize. So Timi has skincare products and we have wellness products. So we have two different templates and we also have templates for moms, templates for fitness coaches, templates for nutrition coaches, templates for all different kinds of people. But the first two lines, you need to contact the person and say something that shows that you actually know them. It's very important. So let's say I was contacting Samantha and Samantha was a mom who teaches yoga. I would say in the template, Hi, Samantha. My name's Adi Arazini. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Teeny Blends. And I have been following your account because I love the postnatal yoga moves that you share every Wednesday. Mm. Right? So I'm not just saying, 
I have been following you. And you don't even have to say I've been following you because that's become cliche as well. But you have to say something about the account that is very specific. So you can't say, I love your yoga account and that you share yoga because anyone could notice that, right? So you have to say, I love how real you are with your followers. And I love the moves that you share in your IGTV videos for women that are struggling with, you know, postpartum weight loss, whatever, right? I'm just spitballing. Yes. Yes. You have to say very specific things like with you, I know you from Beachbody. I know you from Turbo Jam. I would put that in the email. I'm like, hi, Jolene. I followed you on Turbo Jam for so many years. You were the first fitness instructor that inspired me to do fitness. And then I would go into the rest. You know, since then, you know, I've started my, I was in the military and I did this and I did this and the rest would be a template. Mm. But that first connection that you make with them. And yeah, it maybe takes you five minutes to write that one to two sentence, but you got to make sure that that part's good. Because if you're building influencer marketing, whether you're doing it by yourself to begin with, or you're going to build a team in-house to do it for you, you are creating basically people to manage the influencers for your brand. And you want to make that positive connection from the beginning because those influencers, if they fall in love with Teamy and the people that work at Teamy, they will do all sorts of stuff for free, all sorts of stuff because they love us for real. We actually have a real connection with them where all these bots that seem to be commenting, they're not creating real relationships. There is no human behind that business. There is no, you know, there's no connection there. So at Teamy, it's important to create that affinity from the beginning. That's such a good point because when I get a message that feels very personal like that, I pay attention. And if there's nothing in the first couple of sentences that feels specific to me, I just delete it. Mm -hmm. And it actually kind of makes me mad. So (laughs) another question, do I need to be following these people before I reach out to them? Does that make good sense? That's a great question. You know, if you're just starting out, I would say, why not? Right? Why not? Uh That's not something that we currently do. We don't necessarily follow the account before we reach out to them, Uh but we're on the higher end. So you can, it won't hurt. Okay. It doesn't hurt, but it's not a must. Yeah. I guess I would suggest that there are people, sometimes they'll reach out to me and they'll say like, I'm such a huge fan. Okay. This is a bigger deal for Brett than it is to me because a lot of times I'll reach (laughs) out to Brett and they'll say, I am such a fan of your wife's. And then the first thing he does, because he's protective that way, he goes and looks to see if they're even following me. And if they're not following me, he won't even reply to them because he's like, they're not a fan if they're not following you. Yeah, it depends. So you don't have to follow the accounts, but it wouldn't hurt. So this is a total your choice. If you want to follow all the accounts that you outreach to, especially if you're outreaching from your branded page, it doesn't really harm you to give them a follow. Why not? Yeah, that's great advice. Hey, allow me to interrupt really quickly to tell you some super exciting news. In summer of 2020, we did our first ever Instagram growth bootcamp. We helped thousands of people in five days learn how to optimize their profile, learn what hashtags to use, and really bottom line, save time so they can start growing followers who will actually turn into customers in the future. And now back by popular demand, starting on Thursday, October 22nd, Shalene and I will be going live for five nights to get you up to speed with Instagram and to help you save time. 
As we all know, Instagram is constantly changing. So even if you were a part of our last challenge, we highly recommend joining this Instagram bootcamp as well. Because I mean, even since our last challenge, Instagram released Instagram Reels, which is a huge change to the platform. So to save your spot in the bootcamp, simply visit 5daygrowth.com. That's the number 5daygrowth.com. And I'm so excited to see you inside the bootcamp. What's my third step? So your third step is after you have outreached to an influencer and you've gone back and forth in email and you've Discuss the terms because at this point, the influencer says, yes, I would love to promote your push journal. I have been looking for a journal and I love making lists. So yes, I will promote your push journal. Then you need to create a unique code or link or both for that influencer to share. But more importantly, it's for you to track. If the person is over 10,000 followers on Instagram, they can swipe up to that specific link Mm -hmm. that has their unique code in it. And they can say, share the code Samantha10 for 10% off. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to track this information because if you're going to take influencer marketing seriously and you're not just doing it as a fun part of your business, but you're serious about believing and growing with influencer marketing, the codes and the tracking after I would say two and a half to three months, you should have an indication which influencers work for you and which don't. And when you're starting out, you might think that yoga accounts are good for you because they make sense for the push journal, you know, people that are into yoga, but you might have worked with 30 yoga accounts and made zero sales. But when you worked with cycling instructors, you made a hundred sales. You're like, hi, I wonder Mm. why cycling instructors worked. And it doesn't matter. You don't know, you know, but if you don't track And if you don't do it big enough and you don't work with enough industries, there's a reason that I know that yoga accounts don't convert for Teamy because I've tried them many times. I've tried them with big followers, small followers, moms, boys, girls. I've tried them on all the different ways and they've never performed for Teamy. So now I can confidently say, I don't know what it is, but that's not our Mm -hmm. girl. That's not Mm -hmm. our customers. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to say that I've been saying for years, there's subtle distinctions that make someone a very successful entrepreneur. And you've just heard one of them. It is know thy numbers. And Adi, that's the one thing I've just been so impressed with you from the moment I met you is like, you understand, like as a business owner, we love big concepts. We want to stay at that 30,000 foot view, but you've got to get down deep into your numbers if you want to have an edge. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Know thy numbers. Let's talk about that code. So creating that unique code, is there software that I can use for this to track this or to create affiliate codes? Yes. So if you have a Shopify store and if you have some sort of physical product or Mm -hmm. even service, you should be using Shopify. Mm -hmm. In Shopify, you just go to create a discount and you're able to create a code and a link immediately. And you can track the code through Shopify, but I suggest creating an Excel where you can start tracking the codes in an easier way instead of looking in Shopify so that you can compare the codes one to each other. In Shopify, you'll be able to see this person made me three sales every time you check on it. But I actually ended up building my own software to track all this data, but I'm not expecting anyone that is starting influencer marketing to create the software. But honestly, Mm -hmm. the tracking 
that I have created mm-hmm. all started seven years ago from an Excel list. And I'll tell you exactly what I tracked in there. And I'm so serious that if you want to take influencer marketing seriously and you don't want to pay an agency to do it and you don't mm-hmm. want to have it cost you an arm and a leg and you're willing to put in the hard work because it is hard work, mm-hmm. then you need to create an Excel that has the person's Instagram handle. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can add the number of followers that they have if you want to add that to look at it in a glance. Mm-hmm. You want to add the code, whatever their code is. You want to add a column that says date that you shipped out the product, mm-hmm. date that they received the product, because you want to follow up with them, make sure that they received the product. And then you want to put the date of their first post, the first post. And then you want to have another column, codes used, second post, codes used, third post, codes used. So you need to have the dates that they posted and the codes used at that time. So if somebody posted on January 15th and then their next post, the second time that they've posted with you is February 15th, let's say it's Mm -hmm. a month later, Mm -hmm. you need to be able to track between January 15th and February 14th, there was 10 sales. So Mm -hmm. you put the number 10 in there. And then their next post, because there is no more direct tracking with influencer marketing, I do it by post. So February 15th, Samantha posted for Push Journal again. You'll then start seeing from February 15th to the next post, how many sales did that person create? It's not an exact method, but it is the method that we've been able to track. If you get to a stage where you have a lot of influencers that you're working with, maybe not even a lot, like say there's 10 or 20, whatever. How do you know when they've actually posted that content other than just seeing, oh, some sales are coming in? Because you should be managing the influencer. I think that people think that influencer marketing is like, oh, well, they'll post when they want to. Uh Uh-uh. You need to make that post happen. Do you know how many times I've gotten, you know, I feel so bad about this. There was this Acai berry brand that reached out to me that gave me all this like frozen acai berry. I can't imagine what they spent on sending me this product. And mm-hmm. I never posted with it ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I used the product and I never posted with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you because they didn't manage me to do so. Mm-hmm. I am busy. I have things going on in my life. Influencers forget they don't owe you anything because you right. sent them product. You are the business owner. It's your responsibility to get out what you intended to in the first place. If you intended to get a feed post or an Instagram story post, you need to make sure that it goes up. So you say, Hey, Samantha. So I see you received your push journal on Monday from the UPS tracking. Have you opened it yet? What do you think about it? Have you used it yet? So Mm. Samantha will respond, Oh my God, I haven't had the time to open it yet, but I'm going to open it up tomorrow. And then you say, that's amazing. Let me know how it goes. Do you know when would be a good time for you to post about it on your feed? How's next Wednesday? And Mm. she'll tell you, oh, Wednesday doesn't work, but Thursday can work. Great. What time on Thursday around is a good time for you to post? Oh, I think that it would be great for me to post at 7 p.m. Awesome. I really hope that you use it tomorrow and use it all week before Thursday. I'll send you a (laughs) follow-up on Tuesday to make sure that you're ready for your post on Thursday. Have a great weekend. Like You manage that. Mm. From start to finish, it doesn't occur. That sounds like a full-time job. Yeah. Or at least it's going to take a lot of time. Is this something initially you did yourself, Adi, or did you hire someone to do this? This was all me. And that's how I know it so well, because I did it. Yeah. This was the only way that we were getting sales. 
we didn't invest any money into any ads because we didn't have the money. And I had the inventory in my bedroom. And this to me at the time, which it was at the time, and it can still be today, was the cheapest route to market because all I had to put in was my time. I can do that. I can work hard and manage these influencers. And But you're right. It is a full-time job and you do have to commit to it because yeah. you're not going to see a scale if you don't do it for real. Well, it's a trade-off. Like you said, you can invest, you know, a boatload of money you don't have into advertising, or you can use your time and leverage other people's influence. And that's what I did. I love this. To recap our point. So step number one was to find your ideal influencers, micro-influencers. Step two was to create a very personalized or a template, but started off with something that's really grabs them and says, I see you. I know who you are. Like I'm a fan, basically. Step three was to make sure that they have their own unique code because you need to do step four, if I'm not mistaken, which is really tracking, tracking everything. Like when you talk to them, when you ship the product to them, when they receive the product, when they posted the product, what codes they used, and then the sales that resulted from them posting, correct? That is absolutely correct. Then what do I do? So now I'm looking at all these numbers. Oh, and PS, not BS, PS, before we <laughs> move on to, I guess, your next point, should I expect that there's going to be a whole bunch of people that I ship my product to and they're under no obligation to do anything with it? They're just going to get it, use it, and do nothing with it. How do I handle that? <laughs> yes, but we've actually seen, if I was going to put it in percentages, maybe 10 to 15% of the time wow. that happens. It's not a high for us because of the fact that we put in the legwork to create that relationship on the front end. What with companies that I don't have a relationship with, like that Asciberry company, they lost because they didn't create that relationship with me. And I didn't feel like I had to. I didn't feel any sort of like I didn't even feel guilt about it mm -hmm. because they didn't create that. They didn't get to know me. They didn't create a relationship with me. So because we do that on the front end, the amount of people that, you know, kind of don't answer us are less than what you'd think. Mm -hmm. I've been sent products before and agreed. Like they will say, Hey, we want to send this to you. Would you be interested? I'll say, sure. I'll take a look. You know, I always say no guarantee. I'm very, very particular about what I recommend to my audience. And there's been plenty of sent me stuff that I'm like, I would not recommend this at all. And I usually will reach out to them. I try to always follow up and, but sometimes they don't follow up with me and I'll follow up with them mm -hmm. and say like, you know, here's why it didn't align. Thank you for thinking of me. If somebody else comes to mind, I'll pass them along, but here's why it didn't align or, or sometimes just giving them feedback. But do you see how many errors they made? Yeah. Number one they didn't check that you were the ideal influencer for their product because you didn't like it. And, you know, my cost of goods is important to me. Why would I send my product to someone that I wasn't absolutely sure would promote it? You need to create that trust and that agreement. Mm. Because if I had created that agreement with you, then you would already know the terms and I wouldn't have to waste product and usually we agree to it before sending. It's very only with like very incredible influencers that we're like, we can't wait to work with this person. And we're sure that if she tries our product, she will give us a chance, mm -hmm. then we'll send them product. But most of the time, the person is agreeing because they align with those products, with those ingredients, with that message beforehand. 
The fact that they're just sending you product and you are responding to them, I can't guarantee results. We want to work with you. We want to do that because we're mm-hmm. like, well, we'd rather go spend our time on someone that we for sure are going to get a post out of because no yeah. sales are going to come if you don't post. So I've lost my time. I've lost shipping and I've lost cost of goods and you weren't going to post anyway. Okay. So what's in it for the influencer who's like, okay, you've just sent me a bunch of whatever. I'm using a code. How am I getting paid? They're getting paid commission from the code. So for us, we provide 10% commission from the sales made. And mm-hmm. we send it every two weeks to the influencer. And now this is where, where it's really important with micro-influencers because micro-influencers are real people, which is why they have to love and use your product because also they get free product. So they use the skincare that we send to them and then they get more and they're, it's real. It's like a real thing. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that the influencers that we work with are really using our products. Huge, huge factor because then they get new products and then they become like an ambassador. We come yeah. out with a new product and they're like, oh my God, can you please send me that beauty mask you just came out with? I want it. Mm. And that type of excitement, it relays through their content. It's so important, you guys. It relays and it becomes truthful. And that's why working with micro-influencers sometimes performs better than paid ads, paid yeah. influencers, because you don't know if that paid influencer with 500,000 followers really cares about your brand or they're just doing it for the paycheck. Mm. So that's why micro-influencers is why I started. Those are the people that are like hardcore fans telling their people about your products because they themselves use it and it's real to them. Yep. I love that. What is your next tip for someone who's just getting started? So the last tip of our five simple tips to get started with micro-influencer marketing is to compare the results. Okay. Okay. Now you've created the relationship. You've sent the person the product. You made sure that they got it. You followed up. You scheduled a time for them to post. They posted. Awesome. So you might see results same day. You might see results the next week from that same influencer, right? Mm -hmm. And if you are working, let's say you start off working with 50 different influencers, you need to look at that Excel grid. Mm -hmm. You need to look and put in all the numbers and see who worked. And then you have to ask yourself, why did they work? So let's say you go back to Samantha, who is a super organized you know, girl that has just promoted your purse journal. And you see that she made two sales. Mm-hmm. Two sales is awesome. It already paid for the product. You're already profitable. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yep. Now you have to go look at her picture and her caption and see what did she do that you believe helped it succeed. And I'll give you an example. Okay. When I first started doing this, this is like seven years ago in my bedroom, I was sending these products to these different influencers. I was trying all different kinds of groups. For example, food accounts, they don't work for us. They just don't. Found that out. Trying all these different groups. And this one influencer, she made like five sales. And I was like, great. Then the next time she posted, she made zero sales. And I was like, what? What's happening? It's the same girl. What happened? Now, I looked at her post, the first post that she did, and I looked at the second post that she did. And the first post was a selfie with the product. And the second post was a very professional product of somebody else, sorry, a very professional photo of someone taking a picture of her holding the product. It instantly became impersonal, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that is interesting. 
maybe this has something to do with the effect of the customer who's receiving it, the follower. So then I said, I didn't give up on her. Then a month went by and we scheduled the next post. And I said, okay, I want you to take a selfie. And I chose five different images from her own page that weren't photos of our product, photos of her page, because I know that that's what her followers like to see on her page. So I sent her, I want you to take a picture that's similar to these five pictures. And then she did. And then she made sales again. So I was like, okay, if the post looks inorganic, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram and it's clearly an ad yeah. like in the sense that like the person sitting there on their couch, holding that vitamin supplement or with your push journal, if someone's like sitting there holding a journal and it looks like really staged, you already disconnect when you see that you don't feel that it's real and you don't feel that that influencer posts content like that in general. So it looks strange. And if you look at their feed, it doesn't match the rest of their feed. So that was something that I found and had to write policies on and train the girls that work for me to see that as an wow. point. That is a skill. <laughs> I mean, it, as a somebody who wants to, I want to please the companies that I work with. I want them to be super stoked on what I can do for them. So I would love it if they gave me that feedback, like, hey, when you did this, this happened. So if you're listening right now and you're like, oh gosh, isn't that kind of pushy to tell the influencer how they need to post? No, you're going to save them a ton of time. It's valuable to them because you as the influencer, you want that pat on the back. It's not even about the paycheck. It's just wanting to know that you did a great job for someone. Adi, I have to tell you a funny story. So I found these grain-free cookies, I guess you could call them. They're mm -hmm. called Lillabies. And I found them on Amazon and I ordered them. And they were delicious. They were so delicious that I did a post to my IG stories and I said, public service announcement, do not buy these. They're completely addictive. And that's all I said. And <laughs> they figured out somehow, like we sold them out on Amazon and the founders of the company reached out to me and they're like, we don't know what you did, but you telling all of your followers to buy our Lillaby cookies sold us out on Amazon. And I said, that's so funny because I told my followers not to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But that was authentic. Like I was really like, do not buy these. You won't have one serving. You'll eat the whole bag. And I think if I had been paid to do it, I might've thought more about it and thought, oh gosh, that's going to offend someone. You know, my, the people who I'm working with aren't going to like the fact that I'm saying don't buy it. But like, that's authentically me. Right. And because of that, it worked. Yep. You're going to look and you're going to compare and you're going to see what is working, what isn't working. And generally speaking, if I hear what you're saying, it's the more real, the more authentic, the less produced, the more organic it is, the better it performs. Absolutely. But the thing is that the one thing I want to make very clear is as the business owner, if mm -hmm. you are going to do micro influencer marketing, you need to give the direction to that influencer. And at first you're not going to have any direction to give. That's why mm. I say compare. And then you'll be like, these things really worked. I really love working with these types of people and these types of content work for those types. Of people. And you're not going to know that in the beginning, but after you know, don't leave it up to the influencer. When we send them like, oh my God, Samantha, we can't wait for you to post with a push journal. Here's three examples of types of posts that we like from your page. Mm. And the person, you don't know how much you're helping them yeah. because influencers, they have to come up with this content and yeah. it's like a total brain fart sometimes for them. Yeah. You're helping them. And we do this with celebrities. I'm telling you with celebrities, we'll do this exact same thing. We'll say, here are five posts from your own page 
And we want it to be like this, this, and this. And then they create better content for us. If we had left it all up to the influencer, we'd get a ton of shitty content and we would not know, we would not have control over the outcome. So when we work with an influencer that has proven internally to be successful and then they weren't successful, we always go back to what was successful and where did we steer away from it? So we do a lot of comparison in-house. And I know that it might seem like a lot to you right now, but it becomes intuitive when you're looking at that data. I would say start off working with 50 to 100 influencers, micro-influencers as a test. All you're going to do is you're going to invest your time and you're going to invest 100 units of that product and the shipping for that product. That's all you're going to invest. And at the end of that test, if you do track in that Excel grid, then you'll be able to then say, how do I move forward? Which one of these worked and which one didn't? And make sure that those 100 people actually posted. Because if you send out 100 products, you should get 100 posts. And if you only got 70 posts, then you follow up with them until they do post, until they do find a time to post. But you actually have to make sure that the job gets done. Everyone should send you a $10,000 check who just listened to this. Because <laughs> literally, nobody knows this. And if they do, they would never share it. Like this is a invaluable amount of, I mean, just for my own business alone, I'll, I'm writing you out a check right now. Like seriously, this is <laughs> in freaking valuable. And it's very, very generous of you because you're literally sharing seven years of blood, sweat, and tears. that's helped you to build this multi-million dollar company and a brand that people trust so much so that they're like, whatever you're producing next, Adi, we trust you. We know the time, the patience, the dedication, and the integrity that goes into what it is you develop. We want it. So I just can't thank you enough for that. Honestly, it's phenomenal. I'm happy to share it. You even told us how many people to start with. You said start with 50 to 100. I, I hadn't even thought about asking you, like, where do I start? But like, okay, got it. This is huge. Yeah, you need to start with a big enough number so that you can compare and see what works and what doesn't work. And so that you as the business owner get the hang of it. People give up on influencer marketing too quickly. Oh, well, it's too hard and I'm not getting responses. I'm, yeah, it's hard. You need to fine tune your message and your templates and all of that. And I really recommend that if you do invest in influencer marketing, that you do 50 to hundred and then reevaluate and see mm. if it's something you want to do or not. Last question. What motivates influencers in their partnership with you? Is it how much sales and commission they're making? Is it their relationship with you? Is it doing a good job for you? What is it? Is, are they competitive? With influencer marketing, that is micro-influencers, they love getting the commission and they love the ongoing partnership side of it. They love the, the extension of the brand. The fact everyone wants to be part of something, mm -hmm. you know, like everyone wants to be part of something. You know, if, if you were coming out with a different push journal and a different thing. And I got first access to it. I would be yeah. excited. Right. Yeah. So they're excited about that. But this goes back to the beginning relationship because they believe in the brand. And so they're excited to be part of the journey. If you don't make that relationship in the beginning, then they're just a cog in your wheel and they will feel that from you. They will feel that from you if you don't invest in them in the beginning. And that's why doing that upfront makes them so loyal and makes them part of your community. And things that make them feel a part of your community, things that make them feel special, branded, seen, aside from sending them product, is there anything else that you guys do that you think is 
helps that to happen? Well, we keep them very updated in emails. Like if we have Mm. a new product coming out, they know about it. We're very in touch with them. Like, Hey guys, we're coming out with this new product, blah, blah, blah. And we let them know. We listen to them a lot. We repost them a lot. So, but I think that that doesn't have to do as much with it. It's mainly that the girls that work for me have been trained on how to be really good account managers and Mm. be in really good communication with these accounts. And one Mm. more thing, I have to tell you this. I don't want to miss this. Influencers, whether they're paid or micro, if they work, you need to use them again and again and again and again, repeat, repeat, repeat. So you worked with Samantha and she talked about the push journal and you saw two sales come in. Your immediate response is, hey, Samantha, you had a great post. You don't even have to tell her the number of sales because she's going to get the commission, right? You had a great post on Thursday. I love, love, love. Do you think that we'll be able to share again in two weeks, right? And Mm. schedule that out. So our micro-influencers, we work with three to four times a month with the same influencer, whether or not they're making sales. Because sometimes the first post doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and you still want to get your money's worth. So you still want that exposure. We work with them three to four times a month with every single micro influencer that we work with. This is great. This is really great. You know, there's so much to take away here and I'm really excited to apply some of this. And I think a lot of people right now need to look into alternatives to Facebook and advertising on Instagram, YouTube, et cetera landscape has changed tremendously. There's a lot more people who have more influence than even our ads. And this is a wonderful way to reach those people. Adi, if somebody's interested in becoming an influencer for you, is there a place on your site where they could apply? Yeah, they can just go to our contact page and they'll see an area to apply to be an influencer. They can definitely do that. They can also DM us at Teamy Blends. But definitely go to our website and just hit the contact button and they'll send you to our influencer marketing team. And I know a million and one, I'm assuming a million and one business podcasters are now going to be like, okay, how do I get this girl on our show? Where can people reach you personally? My personal Instagram is at Adi Arizini. And you'll see my email right in there. Just like I told you, go to the bio area. You'll see an email linked. You can email me right there. You are a gem. Thank you so much for this today. So excited for you guys to start using this. And it's number one, it's unlimited influencer marketing. The team that I have created in-house every week, they have goals on how many new accounts to close, how many new outreach emails and DMs to send, how many posts they need to get up through our existing accounts and how many sales they're targeted to bring in. Once you get rolling, you'll see that on Instagram and on YouTube and this influencer marketing game, you'll find things that work and then you say, wow, there's so many other people like this out there. It's continuous. And then you have influencers that you work with and then they drop off and you need to replace them. Mm. You work with someone for three months, they leave, you need to replace them. So it's four things. Okay, It's outreach, close the account, get them to post and see the sales come in and compare. And you're doing that cycle over and over and over and over again. And it never ends. I love this. You're amazing. Thank you so much. This was invaluable. You are the best. So happy to help.